A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Body wrappers Angelo Luzio, makers of high-quality total stretch tights, dancewear, performance wear, and Angelo Luzio shoes, is a proud sponsor of this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Wrappers has Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, as its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premiere. Tyler's beautiful original designs fit perfectly are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers also makes apparel for ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angelo Luzio shoes, all designed to enhance your experience while dancing. You may view all the products at bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by American Ballet Theater principal dancer Isabella Boylston. Isabella was born in Sun Valley, Idaho, and started dancing at the age of three. In 1994, she began training in a small studio, and by the age of 12, was commuting to Denver every day to study at the Academy of Colorado Ballet. After winning gold at the Youth America Grand Prix Finals in New York City in 2001, she moved to Florida to study at the Herod Conservatory. After attending a summer course at American Ballet Theater, she joined the studio company in 2005 and joined the main company a year later. She was then promoted to principal dancer in 2014. She has danced many lead roles with the company, most notably Giselle, Odette O'Deal, Keytree and Don Quixote, and the lead in George Balanchine's theme and variations. Recently, she appeared as a guest star with the Royal Danish Ballet and the Marinsky Ballet in St. Petersburg, Russia. Today, we chat with Bella ahead of the opening of ABT's fall season at the Koch Theater in New York City starting this Wednesday and going through October 29th. We talk with her about the path that brought her to ABT, what her first big opportunities in the company were like, about her time as artistic director of this summer's Ballet Sun Valley Festival, and she gives us a preview of what she is dancing this week in New York. So we are so happy to have Isabella Boylston on the show today. I'm with Isabella in New York. 
in Brooklyn. Are, <laughs> in Brooklyn. And we are um, Skyping Rebecca in, which is, we, we've done this once before, but, you know, bear with us if there are issues. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I could be there with you guys, but I'm glad to be together, even if from afar. <laughs> I know. We wish you were here too. <laughs> we'll have to do another one in person next time. For sure. <laughs> so you wanna, do you want to take the first question, Rebecca? Sure. So um, just to get started, we want to um, see if we can talk a little bit about your early training. Um, so can you, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you ended up at, at Herrig Conservatory in Boca Raton? Sure. Well, I'm originally from uh, Ketchum, Idaho, um, which is where the Sun Valley Ski Resort is. It's called the... The locals call it Ketchum, the, you know, like tourists call it Sun Valley. So anyways, I'm from Sun Valley, Idaho. And, um, I, my parents met on a ski lift and, um, <laughs> we grew up in a trailer just South of Ketchum. And, uh, my mom put me in some ballet classes when I was like three years old. I think she just thought it would be a fun activity for me to do. And no one in my family does ballet or probably had even ever seen ballet. <laughs> um, so it was just a fluke. And um, I, yeah, I immediately loved it, like the musicality and the physicality and also the creativity. And I think I had a really inspiring teacher to begin with. Her name was Hillary Neely. And I've actually, I'll circle back to this later, but um, we're like back in touch now, which is really cool. And um I mean, yeah, it wasn't really ballet. It was just like dancing around to music, pretending to be like different animals. But um, <laughs> definitely, I think because it wasn't rigorous at that age, I think that was what like sparked my love of it. Probably if it had been really strict, like actual ballet training, I wouldn't have been into it at all. So three is so young. Too. Three is so young. What can you do at three? <laughs> I always feel that way as like a teacher, right? That it's like, how do you make it interesting to them, but still teach them technique and be rigorous, yeah. but make them not want to leave the room? <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. But then Herod is so disciplined. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah. So then anyway, so um, we, my family moved to Colorado um, when I was in elementary school and um I kept dancing. And then I think it was around that time that I like became more serious. And I think, um, I, uh, ballet was just by far the hardest thing I had ever done. Like I, when I was a kid, I also like skied, I raced <laughs> both in downhill and cross country and I loved skiing, but, um, ballet was just like another level of difficulty. And, um, Yes, I think like my competitive side came out and I was like, I'm going to get really good at this. And so I had a teacher who suggested that I go to um, a summer intensive program when I was 11. So I went, I auditioned for the Kirov Academy in Washington, D.C. And I got in and I went and I was the youngest kid there. My mom came with me to D.C. <laughs> and my brother. And um, I, it was like really hardcore training. And in that those four weeks, I just like improved so much. And then I came back and, um, for the first time I was like the best one in my class, I guess. And, um, I think that was when I kind of realized, okay, I really want to like buckle down and really like excel at this. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so I started commuting like an hour each way on a public bus to Denver, Colorado, to go to the Academy of Colorado Ballet. 
and then it just became unsustainable to do my like academics and right, ballet right. studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so tired. I like never got sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so I convinced my parents to let me go to um, a boarding school. So I got to go to Herod and what was, I think the main reason why I picked Herod was because it was completely tuition free. All the dancers are on tuition scholarship and it, that made it a lot more um, like feasible for my family right. to send me there. So that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And, and also you see that you were keeping with uh, your Russian training. Was that like yeah. something you were conscious of? Like were your teachers mostly Russian based? They or? were at that time. Yeah. I had like almost all Russian teachers and they were really tough. I mean, I remember like <laughs> there was, there were days where I would just be like crying cause it was so hard <laughs> and <laughs> Um, but it gave me a really good foundation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, um, after Herod, when you were thinking about joining companies, was ABT always kind of the goal or were you open to other ideas? I was open to other ideas. Um, I, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I, so, okay. <laughs> I actually did audition for SAB <laughs> and, um, I'm not going to say who it was because it's someone that I'm really, I get along with wonderfully uh-huh. now and who is like a friend and like <laughs> supporter, <laughs> but um, I actually didn't get in. And I think it was because I was like in the Russian curriculum, you don't really dance on point much until you're like older. Uh-huh. It's all about like, um, I don't know, I guess starting really slow. And, and so my whole audition class was on point and I literally couldn't do anything. (laughs) I was just, I could like, you know, totally dance on flat shoes. And then the second I put my point shoes on, it was like catastrophe. (laughs) So anyways, I didn't get into SAP. Um, but I do think maybe if I, that, I mean, that clearly would have been a, um, different, taking a different fork in the road uh-huh. if I had, I guess. Yeah. But I, yeah, I love New York city ballet and, um, they're amazing, but I do feel like I found like my place in ABT. Right, right. I, this is so funny because it's literally, I think that you're like the fourth or fifth person that said that they didn't get into SAB. <laughs> yeah. Are you and serious? mostly it's principals at city ballet. Mm-hmm. Like, principals yeah. at city ballet um, that didn't get in. Who do we oh have, God. Rebecca? We had Sarah Mearns. I think it was Lauren Lovett. Oh, and, right. Definitely Lauren. And Janie has told me personally that she also didn't get into summer. It's so funny. It's just so oh random. And, it is random. And I, and I love it because it's, uh, you know, we obviously we have like a lot of kids or parents mm-hmm. that listen. And it's just such a perfect way to indicate how, you know, no seeming failure is permanent or uh, indicative of a future. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the number of times that I've heard no in my life and career is way more than the times I've heard yes. <laughs> so you just got to keep going. Right. Yeah. That's a great thing to remember. I think it was funny. Yeah. Sarah Mearns told us she was like, I had to beg them to get in. And now look at her. Oh, it's and so her for, the, for the year or two. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should have begged. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no I'm really so glad I went to Herod and um, that was amazing. And um, not just for the training, but I like made some of my best friends for life there. So right. that was so cool. Yeah. So how did you end up getting into ABT and joining the company? Um, well, I actually was really lucky because I kind of 
got to skip over the audition process. So funny, I know this story. <laughs> you, well, because you yeah, were, I was around that. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, we you should tell, tell the no, backstory. No, well, we were in the summer intensive. I didn't go to. Oh, the you didn't intensive, go to. The but I was intensive. there. I was just like always up in the ABT life because I was dating someone in the school. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, yeah. So, anyways, we, me and Michael, go way back to like summer two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so oh, that's weird. I guess maybe I changed my memory to but like put you in my there. class. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, so I, yeah, I, I got a full scholarship to the ABT summer intensive, <clears throat> which is hilarious because the year before I didn't get in <laughs> to the ABT summer <laughs> intensive, <laughs> anyways, so. I got a scholarship. I came to New York with my best friend, Lauren, who was in Herod with me and now is also an ABT. Her path was different than mine to ABT. But anyways, um, and basically the first day, uh, John Meehan, who was at the time the director of the studio company, saw me in class and like scouted me, I guess. And the next day offered me a contract in the studio company. So it was like total dream come true, euphoria. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, cause I, I always dreamt of being an EBT, but I think when you're younger, um, you're like, I mean, you do get like beat down so much that it's, I had no idea that it was actually like a realistic possibility for right. me. Like I didn't have a good, like self appraisal at the time I guess like I just thought it it was a very like faraway dream anyways so yeah I got in and then my parents wouldn't let me go because I hadn't had one more year left of high school to finish and so um we like argued for a long time and then they let me go halfway through the year and then I did um I finished high school via correspondence uh-huh. and it was so funny. Like I was literally mailing in my essays that I like hand wrote on like um, those, I don't know, pads of paper. <laughs> now the kids probably just like, I don't know, everything's done online, over online. Yeah. but yeah, it was very retro. And then they would mail it back to me with my grades <laughs> and like red ink. Uh, <laughs> so um, once you got into ABT, some of your, some right away, pretty much right away, you started doing some super major stuff. You know, you did um, roles that would be really intimidating for a young mm-hmm. Chord Valley member, like Theme and Variations. Oh my God, and, so intimidating. Uh, Brightstream, you were one of the two mm-hmm. ballerinas. Um, what were those early experiences like for you? How did, the, how did they come about? Were you like, was it a shock to see your name up there for something so major? For sure. Um, it was, and also like when I joined ABT, um, I didn't, I wasn't really like in touch with my, like, I hadn't, I think I hadn't really yet tapped into like my strength. (laughs) I always kind of thought of myself as like a very lyrical dancer, like, oh, I'll do like the roles, you know, like just like the less technical roles. Cause that's like the kind of dancer that I am. <laughs> and then I got cast in theme and variations and, um, which is probably like the hardest ballet ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just had to force myself to do like entrechassis and double pirouettes from fifth and, um, stuff that was like, I guess I never considered my forte. Right. Um, 
And then I started to realize, like, actually, I do have, like, a jump, and I can totally do this. And, um, yeah, Alexei cast me as the ballerina in the bright stream. And then he was kind of the first one to really, like, push me and be like, you got, like, um, just, oh, I think my breakfast has arrived. (laughs) I ordered a turkey Reuben for breakfast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was just, like, telling Michael, I just, like, am spending a very large proportion of my paycheck on, like, ordering caviar not fish eggs but if you live in New York you probably know what caviar is it's like the gourmet food delivery service oh man you deserve it oh thanks that's what I tell myself (laughs) while Isabella enjoys a few bites of her breakfast we want to point out that her morning could be just as easy as a delivery meal with Blue Apron As dancers, our lives are hectic and busy, and even on a day off, the last thing you want to do is meal plan and cook. But now there is a way to make fresh and easy meals from home without all the planning and shopping. And these are just a few of the reasons why we love Blue Apron. At Blue Apron, they are trying to change the way we get our food and how these ingredients are sourced. They have partnered with over 150 farms nationwide, allowing them to cut out the middleman and deliver fresh and nutritious meals right to your door. The best part really is that they only send you exactly what you need of each ingredient, eliminating that unwanted food waste. And now we are happy to offer a special $30 off your first order for all of our listeners when you visit conversationsondancepodpod.com slash blue apron. Take advantage of this offer now and next week you could be enjoying delicious meals that can be made in 30 minutes or less and taste like you were in the kitchen for hours. So see what everyone is talking about and sign up today for $30 off your first order. Visit conversationsondancepod.com slash blue apron to get started today and explore next week's menu. Well, yeah, anyway, so someone was injured. I don't, oh, I don't know what happened. Anyway, someone got (laughs) injured and then Alexei, I was like, I was a snowflake in his nutcracker. And then I think he just like picked me out from that basically. And, um, cast me as the ballerina in the bright stream and it's such an amazing role and we really need to bring this ballet back soon it is it it is probably definitely one of my favorite roles for Mm -hmm. sure so fun um and you have this amazing entrance where you just do like a circle of explosive grand jetés and then later in the second act you get to cross dress and you do like a man solo it's the best thing ever Mm -hmm. um the man solo, don't they, he does it first or second? He, do, he does it in the first act and then, and then you, do you do it, it in the second act. It's, yeah. I, I love that. Moment. It's really awesome. Well, yeah. He always picks girls who can jump. So Yeah, you have to be able to jump for sure. So that's like, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, <clears throat> Natasha Asapova had done it before. And then, so like. I saw what she did with it and I was like, damn, (laughs) okay, well, I got to be good now. And, but yeah, Alexei really, really pushed me my jump and then also helps me like to feel confident with, um, all the acting. There's like a ton of acting and mime in that. And I had never really done anything like that on stage before. So it was really cool. Yeah. So something we were, Rebecca and I were talking about that we, wondered because we've never been in a classical company and the culture is 
obviously different. So uh, you guys do so many full lengths and mm-hmm. obviously roles like Odette Odile are super coveted. And we were thinking how in our company, you know, a theme is like, that's the end all. Theme like is, if you, if you were called to that, that's, that's our Odette It's Odile. like, you've made it. You know? So <laughs> okay. is there a, like a difference? Like when you get called, like, is that sort of, does that ever feel second tier to you? Those smaller works? Because you the do so many, yeah. Like, do you, um, is it as prized as, say, a major full I think theme is, yeah. Theme mm-hmm. is definitely one of those roles that's, like, I mean, it basically is, like, doing s- Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cut out all the character dances and voila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel like it is a very coveted role, for okay. sure. Probably that and, like, Swan Lake... Um, also like Giselle, Juliet, those are probably the really top, top, top. Yeah. It was just something, you know, obviously every company is geared towards something different. Mm -hmm. So we had had thought of that, discussed that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So, um, something you've already brought up is, uh, and this is what, that we had meant to talk about was, um, you know, you have your natural facility that garnered you a lot of initial attention, Mm -hmm. but, um, some of the things that you are capable of turning and jumping don't necessarily usually go hand in hand with that sort of body type. Oh, thanks, Uh, gosh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you, you, you regularly do these like crazy virtuoso roles where you have to execute multiple turns and jumping. I mean, you don't, you do a double tour in that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You do like double soda boss. Or double soda boss. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that journey from being like oh I'm a lyrical adagio dancer yeah okay wait I have these capabilities did you like do a lot of strength training or how did that happen well I remember Georgina Parkinson who was my first coach and she coached me on the pas de trois the jump girl Uh which is so hard but that was like such a good strength building thing for me and I remember her being like just like where did your jump come from and saying that same thing that like she didn't expect it from me, I guess, like with my like legs and feet to, I don't know, I guess basically the same thing you just said. She was the first one that kind of like brought it to my attention. Um, honestly, I think it was just like doing those roles, like being forced (laughs) into them kind of like, also I was really excited to get the opportunity, but it wasn't what I would have like cast myself in, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just um, having those experiences on stage. And, like, I probably did the jump girl in Pas de Trois. Like, feels like I've performed it, like, a hundred times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I never actually did, like, a lot of cross-training until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably would have benefited from it had I found it earlier. <laughs> I think it was just ma- mainly mind over matter. <laughs> So I feel like that's one thing that we have discussed a lot is kind of like anxiety when coming into dancing these big roles. And a lot of times it seems that the anxiety level when you're younger almost is less because you don't really know so much what's going on in the same way as like when you're older, you see kind of the gravity of the situation. So did you find yourself very anxious and nervous to do these roles when you were young, especially when you maybe felt at the time like it wasn't really in your wheelhouse? Oh my God. Yes. I had like, I mean, I still have a lot of nerves, but when I was younger, 
my like nerves and anxiety were almost like crippling. I felt like, um, I remember, yeah, like my first pas de trois and it was just, I, I couldn't, I was so nervous that I felt like I wasn't really able to transcend the steps, um, until I had done a lot more shows of those certain ballets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now I still get really nervous, but I know that it's part of it. So I'm just like, okay, I'm on track. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I used to, I, I used to get so nervous. Like I, would even get nervous about how nervous I was going to get. <laughs> and for like a week before I couldn't like eat or sleep, it was so bad. So good. This is making me think so hard of Rebecca. Yeah, exactly. yeah I was just thinking. You totally Rebecca's went like... through this. I know. And then, and then you see those dancers that are just like, it's, I don't know, seems like no fear yeah. from. I don't get them. Like, they just get out there and do it. And it's amazing. But yeah. um, I guess everyone's different. Yeah. Did you do, what did you do to kind of combat that? What have you found any tricks throughout your career or maybe therapy? People do that too. (laughs) Yeah. People do therapy. I probably should have done therapy, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it was just, I wish I had like a hack or something, but honestly, for me, it was just experience and maturity. Um, and there's no way around that, (laughs) like getting the experience. Um, but coffee helps and listening to music helps. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So this actually, the next question we had was kind of geared one way, but I think the the nerves and anxiety also comes into this um, in that ABT has a very different schedule from many other companies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you're doing, particularly Met season, when you have a full length, mm-hmm. um, you might only get one shot within that course of a week to do your part. Yeah. So... Um, we were thinking more along the lines of stamina. Like how do you keep up? So you're just gearing up for that one thing and say it's a dead deal. If you only do it once, that's, I mean, it's super demanding. Mm -hmm. So you're not necessarily, um, not that you're not in shape, but you know what I mean? How do you, how do you stay in, in shape to, to gear up for that marathon show? And how do you deal with the fact that maybe you haven't been on stage all week? Totally. So the anxiety level would be higher than if you would just acclimate it. Yeah, totally. I don't know. That's such a good question. And when I first started out, like stamina was a real challenge. Like, um, I remember my first run through of theme and variations, <laughs> we were like upstairs in studio one at ABT and, um, David Hallberg, like put me up in that shoulder set at uh-huh. the end and the second he put me down, I ran out into the hallway and just like projectile vomited <laughs> all over the carpet <laughs> because I was, I like literally made myself ill because I was so tired uh-huh. and that <laughs> happened to me. Like it would happen to me randomly. Like I did, I did a show of bluebird and then like my partner was trying to pull me back on and I was literally just vomiting in the wings, but oh, like no. I couldn't go out for the bow cause I was uh-huh. puking. Oh no. Um, it was so weird, <laughs> but yeah, I think I just like learned how to work a little better. Like I would, I learned how to sort of pace myself. Right. Um, and it is, it's just still a challenge. Honestly, I, I wish I got more than, you know, one Swan leak in a week right. or a year, even sometimes. Um, but you just, I guess, find a way to deal. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. I think because those ballets like Swan Lake will be around always. Yeah. So 
in a way you're playing a longer haul game here. Yeah. Like with us, you know, we would do a ballet in our season, but who knows if it's ever going to come back, you know, say, well, I mean, something like Sarah, not sure that's a right, given, right. but I, I remember specific them. ballets where yeah. I was like, okay, you really give it all. And now only in this moment. And, but we would have more shows. Yeah. So it's an interesting difference. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you take a lot of time to rehearse yourself during the week? Like, can you just go into the studios and kind of do your own thing? Is that something you do to kind of fill up your time during the week when you're not performing? Definitely. But I think it's also the nature of the ABT schedule, because like if I'm doing Sleeping Beauty, say I'm performing it that week, then the next week I have Giselle. So Mm -hmm. like while I'm performing Sleeping Beauty, I'm rehearsing for Giselle and maybe like I dare also. So I never really, I, my rehearsal schedules are always just really packed, no matter what time of year it is, I feel like, at ABT. So you're always yeah. moving. <laughs> I'm always moving. Yeah. Um, so re- sorry, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Mickey. No, you go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, so one thing that we've heard is that you've been working with an acting coach to explore character depth on stage. What has this experience been like for you? And do you feel like it's really changed the way you approach some of these acting roles? For sure. Um, well, the reason I first started working with an acting coach was when I <clears throat> got cast in Giselle, just because I felt, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think like in the earlier part of my career, I was not, I just wasn't like a confident performer. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like really like plagued by a lot of self doubt and like insecurity. And, um, so I felt like if I want to make the most of this opportunity opportunity, it would help me to like work with someone on my, like the skills that can help you with acting because I've spent like my whole career working on my technique for ballet and, um, of course, a lot of acting is instinctive, but then there's there's such a technique to it and like tools that you can learn to make you better right. at it, more believable, more um, like confident. So, yeah. So anyways, I've reached out to this acting coach that Kevin McKenzie um, recommended that I get in touch with. And he actually had worked with Susan Jaffe, um, one of my coaches. So there was like a legacy there and like he knew, he knows the ballets inside and out. And, um, it was so helpful. I feel like it changed. It really did, um, change how I approach all my roles, even like abstract mm-hmm. roles. So this is something I've thought about as Miami city ballet. We would do mostly you know, classical or Valentine, whatever, you know, we didn't do a lot of narrative. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I always wondered, does attaching yourself to a character affect um, the level of nerves or anxiety? Because sure. you can see, I'm thinking in terms of like, if you're filtered through someone else, it doesn't feel as exposing. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's like, um, I do feel like it's some, sometimes it can feel like safer in a way right. to be right. doing a character because you're... Well, you just have so much to think about. You have mm-hmm. to like create such an inner life for yourself um, for it to be believable. Like when I do Giselle, for example, I <clears throat> like go and stand in the wings like next to Giselle's house for like 10 minutes before my first entrance. And I like think about what Giselle's doing inside her house. I'm like 
maybe repairing an apron or like doing the dishes. It could <laughs> uh -huh. be different like every time. Yeah. Um, and like thinking about Albrecht and like you're waiting for him to show up and then he shows up and then you're like quickly like straightening up your look and uh -huh. then you run to the door. And then it's like by the time you burst onto the stage, you're, you're already totally in the story. In that world. Yeah. So that so helps great. me a lot to... It's probably sounds really crazy, but no. people are probably watching me in the wings. Like, what is she doing? She's like <laughs> miming, like sewing her apron and no one's watching her. <laughs> That's so good. I want to get video on that. Yeah, we need that. So you've recently tried your hand at costume designing. Um, how did this kind of come about? And is it something that you're looking to continue in the future? I don't know. Well, it was kind of a one-off, like, actually. So I, I did the costumes for a ballet that Benjamin Millipier did for P&B. Um, he's my ex-boyfriend, actually. So we were together at the time. And um, it was really fun. I loved it. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think right now I'm more interested in, like, focusing on, like, directing my ballet festival mm -hmm. and... Um, like dancing and doing other like creative projects outside. But I, yeah, I would love to do it again. It's just not necessarily something I'm like focused on right now. Uh, can you actually talk a little bit about the <laughs> festival you worked with this summer and, and uh, what about that um, kind of makes you tick? What, what interested in you in doing that to begin with? Cool. Well, yeah, I feel like putting on this festival in my hometown this summer was definitely one of my like proudest achievements in life. Um, it was so amazing. I, um, was back in Sun Valley a few years ago, like scouting out my wedding venue. And, um, I saw the Sun Valley pavilion, which wasn't there when I was a kid. And uh -huh. it's gorgeous, gorgeous amphitheater with a huge stage. Um, and so I got, back in touch with my first ballet teacher. And then she connected me to um, this man, Bob Smelik, who is on the board of San Francisco Ballet mm -hmm. and had has a house in Sun Valley. Um, so I started talking with him and his friend, Dan Drackett. And um, we, about what the festival would become. Basically, I was like, I want to bring world-class dancers from all over. I want live music. Mm -hmm. And I want to do like a, education component right and um they were just so awesome about helping me raise all the money we mm -hmm. had to raise a lot of money um and I like made a wish list of the dancers and like got everyone on board and then um curated a program that I thought would be enjoyable for the audience and also that was like close to my heart and um we got a $50,000 uh, sponsorship from this amazing woman to do the education day. So all, all the classes were free for the kids. Um, and we had over 200 kids participate. That's it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. So it was be so a cool. Thing you hope, or? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, um, well, I don't know if I can announce it yet, but it, stay tuned for next summer. <laughs> I think it's going to happen again. Okay. So it's very, very, very exciting. <clears throat> it, yeah. It was so fun. Did this, uh, give you any ideas to whether you might want to direct a company in the future? A lot of people have asked me that and I don't know. <laughs> I've never like, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, we're never really encouraged I, to think about yeah. it. You know, we're so in the moment of being a dancer. Yeah. So I don't know that does anyone really think about it until it comes to, I think probably some people <laughs> do. I think some people are like, I want that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, what I love about the Sun Valley, Ballet Sun Valley Festival is that it's like totally my project. It's just like such a personal project. And who knows, maybe I'll change my mind. But as of now, I like having the freedom to like do a lot of different things instead of being tied to one thing. So yeah, we'll see. What was one of the biggest challenges for you putting that festival together? You talked about curating the the shows, choosing the dancers, even fundraising. What did you find maybe most surprising and most challenging during that time? It was just so hard. Honestly, like this might sound really stupid, but the hardest thing was just like dealing with like a hundred emails a day (laughs) because during the Met season I'm performing and like, I'm nervous and, um, it was just really, really hard to handle the, like the bureaucratic side. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I was so lucky to get Jen McGrath who is, well, she's moved on to bigger and better things, but, um, was the stage manager at ABT. And she came on as my, like the tour manager, like general director, basically Mm -hmm. for Ballets and Valley. So she did a lot of the heavy lifting and like, oh my God, it was such a relief once she came on board, um, to help me with all that. Like there were just so many things that you would never think about. Like we had to bring in a floor. We brought in a floor from San Francisco ballet. Um, we had, over 20 musicians. We had to make a makeshift orchestra pit. We had to bring in a conductor. We had to bring in a stage manager. Um, we like built a set for Gemma's ballet. We had to get visas for like Kim in and Xander and Ida. And I mean, it was, it, it, it was just like a humongous undertaking yeah. and doing it again. I think there are definitely a lot of things that I'll do differently. Yeah. But overall I was like, just like, every day when the show finished and like the audience was like giving us a standing ovation. I was just like weeping because it was so (laughs) amazing to see all my friends on stage. And it was awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, Speaking of your friends, I wanted to talk about (laughs) your relationship with uh, James Whiteside. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) So anyone, I think even if obviously people who know, you know how close you guys are, but even peripherally, like you can see on social media Uh or just like your back and forth is so fun to watch. (laughs) Um, How does that affect your performances together? In particular, I'm thinking if you do serious roles together, is that hard to That's a good question. (laughs) Well, like on the one hand, like we did our, I did my debut in Romeo and Juliet with him Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's very, um, it's not difficult to portray love because with James, because I truly love him. Right. Um, But it's a different kind of love. So, (laughs) Like when we first started out, I was just like, oh my God, like, how am I going to kiss him and like keep a straight face? Uh-huh. This is going to be impossible. Um, and so we had a few rehearsals with Kevin because Kevin McKenzie, our director, he always um, likes to be the one to teach you the new roles mm-hmm. when you're doing it for the first time. Okay. So we had some rehearsals with Kevin and like we would just be cracking up like <laughs> in hysterics, me and James. And one day Kevin, Kevin was just like, okay, like you guys need to pull it together. Like you need to stop right now. And then we were both just like, whoa. Okay. And from that day forward, we, we were really approached it really, really seriously, which is important because if you practice something in the studio over and over, it's going to come out on stage. So it was really, really important that we practice it with like, yeah, just commit, totally commit all in. 
Yeah, and it was like such an amazing show. It was so emotional. It was definitely one of my like favorite shows that I've ever done. So uh, ABT's fall season at the Coke Theater is coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on? Yeah. Well, I'm, there's like two things that I'm really, really excited about that are new for me. Um, the first one is the new Ratmansky world premiere. It's called Songs of Bukovia. And it's, um, it's like 12 piano preludes um, from his composer friend. And it's really good music. It's really interesting. Each of those sections is really like different from the other. Um, but he made like this beautiful solo for me and I like totally feel it. It's really fun. <laughs> and then he also made this awesome, um, well, I guess he calls it a potida, but it's really a duet for me and Albin Lendorf. Um, and it's basically, we're just dancing like side by side the entire time and we do all the steps together in synchronicity but we never touch each other so it's pretty unusual actually right. to have that like um male female duet like mm -hmm. that um so anyways I, i'm so excited and it's been like the mo such a fun process working with alexei and albin and the there's four core couples and they're so <laughs> good <laughs> they're incredible so it's gonna be awesome and then i'm also doing my debut in other dances, which is uh, a total dream role. Yeah. So Robin's really, Centennial. Robin's, I know. I'm so excited. I wanted to do this ballet forever. Uh -huh. It's just magical. And it's interesting. I feel like it's in a way weird doing other dances on the, in the same season as the new Ratmansky piece. Cause there's, I don't know, just like a couple little things where I'm, reminded of the uh -huh. other ballet it's yeah. interesting well it's like i think that's so alexi too i mean he's part of what i love about him is that he's such a bunhead and he, he's he has such, he's a, such a wealth of knowledge yeah. about the past and he can incorporate that into his work in a way that's still distinctly alexi yeah but pays tribute to totally the past, the past yeah, yeah. He, i know i want to ask him where he like how he got all his dance history knowledge probably yeah. just reading and stuff yeah yeah. Mine's a little patchy. I need to brush up <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of the bulk of our interview. We have one short little section left that's called our lightning round. So we're going to oh. ask you one question and you can answer with the first thing that comes to mind. It's not a trick. We promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what's your favorite ballet? Oh, uh, uh, Giselle. Okay. Uh, favorite on stage memory. <sighs> Sorry, this is supposed to be the lightning round. It's more like the, I don't know, slow-mo <laughs> round. Mull it over. Round. <laughs> Mull it over. <laughs> on stage memory. Probably, I mean, yeah, definitely one of them was probably that show of Romeo and Juliet. Um, anything specifically? Just doing the third act, because it's basically Juliet alone on stage for most of it. and. Right. You're not really dancing, um, but I just felt so like in it and so like powerfully connected to the music and the story. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, maybe that. What is your dream role? Probably that I haven't done. Mm -hmm. um, probably men on. And if I can say one more, I'd love to do diamonds in oh, George Bell's yeah. diamonds. Yes. It's like, like they would totally cast me in rubies, but <laughs> I've already done rubies. I want to do diamonds. 
Um, what uh, if you had an unlimited budget for uh, Valley Sun Valley? Yeah. What would uh, your dream be my to dream bring to the? Oh my god! Well, if I had an unlimited budget, I would bring a lot more. I would bring bigger pieces. I wouldn't just bring potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to bring some more substantial work. And what is your dream role to dance with James Whiteside? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a good question. Oh my God. Probably the bright stream. That would be Is James so Stewart's fun. Room? He came after we did the ballet, but like if he did the male I, dancer yeah, and yeah. I did the ballerina, uh-huh. that would be so fun. The drag mama with James would be, would be hysterical. <laughs> also because he looks like so butch. Yeah. Put him on point. <laughs> but and, yeah. Put him on point and whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's our whole interview. Awesome. We did okay. it. Yay, we did it. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll edit out any of the boring bits. No. <laughs> None of it was boring. <laughs> it was all great. Thank you so much. Hey. Thank well, you. Well, Anyways, get your tickets, abt.org, and follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Isabella Boylston. <laughs> we'll definitely yes. do that. That's it. <laughs> Gotta get Wait, that what's your guys' out. Instagram? I need to follow you. We're guys. at Conversations on Dance. Oh, you guys are at Conversations on Dance. Okay, I'm gonna follow now. And you all follow need to follow. follow too. Follow <laughs> for follow. Thank you for joining us this week on Conversations on Dance. Follow us now on social media at, at Conversations on Dance and subscribe now on iTunes so that you will automatically be notified when a new episode goes live. Thanks for joining us this week on Conversations on Dance. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.